The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of myself and my guests and do not reflect those of the Walt Disney Company or anyone else's employers. Dear Diary, all I ever wanted was to be good at something. And when I found the Demon Realm, I thought, I can be a witch. But I messed up too much and put everyone in danger. So, I know what I have to do now. We have to do whatever it takes to get back. Did you know that he was here? No, 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 spoilers! to the podcast without a cool acronym the podcast where we review disney television animation shows i'm your host Stanley Darrow shay joining me today for this spoiler tastic episode is ryan o'reilly hey how's it going hoot, hoot, how's yeah it <laughs> it's going good i'm ready here to talk about Hello. some hoot house right now yes yeah, so uh in case you somehow have been living under a rock and haven't seen this episode yet um, we're going to be talking about the first of the three um, hour-long specials of The Owl House, which, of course, mm-hmm. came out on October 15th. Yep, and you can watch um, it on YouTube so, if you want. <laughs> yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. So unless you're just not caught up on the show, you literally have no excuse not to have seen it already. But if you're not caught up on the show, then watch the rest of the show. It's so mm-hmm. good. Agreed. So one thing I want to talk about right away with this episode is um kind of the 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 build-up to it because we had heard rumors that the first episode of the three for season three would be a halloween special but we weren't quite sure and then they finally announced it and everyone of course lost their minds obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone was super excited uh the the um the like the poster that they released, you know, which yeah. has very kind of the the poster kind of had very Scooby Doo vibes, which is really fun. Yeah, like very fall Scooby Doo ish vibes. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I heard some people kind of say later that it's like, well, the the poster didn't really match the episode. I'm like, I mean, yeah, it wasn't really all of them, you know, solving mysteries in the woods, but there was still a mystery to solve, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just overall get the general vibe of the special. And it is only 46 minutes, so there's so much you can do. Yeah, and what a lot they did in that 46 minutes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think the other thing I'll say is that um, the other thing we're going to spoil a lot in this, I'm sure, is uh, Amphibia Season 3. Because there is a lot of parallels you can draw. Obviously, the biggest difference is this is one episode, Mm -hmm. whereas Amphibia Season 3, the first half of it was a whole first half of a season. Yeah. And and I'm sure we'll go more into this in a second. Um, but, um, the other thing that happened was they actually screened, like, the first six minutes of it, 
at New York Comic Con. And of course, someone recorded a bootleg because obviously. And what's really cool about that is you watch that, and it's so cool to hear the crowd reactions to an episode of The Owl House like it's a Marvel movie. Like, that's yeah. so much fun. I love that. <laughs> I would have killed to be in that crowd. That would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. Though you want to, thankfully, like that entire first montage was just, um, just, uh, music, and that was it. And yeah, no dialogue, you don't really. you don't have to hear much dialogue being shouted over because it's just people reacting to visuals. Right. Uh, <laughs> and man, it just that energy is so infectious. It's uh, I mean, you saw the interview that uh, came out with Dana yeah, where, where she's like the executives were like, well, any show can trend on Twitter. But then uh, when, they, when they actually saw the crowd reaction, they're like, oh, wow, we really do have a hit on our hands. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into this. Yeah. I mean, have you have, right now? Sorry to just jump jump a head, not even ahead, but like for what's happening right now. Um, yesterday they opened the Gallery Nucleus, uh, in Los Angeles, this Owl House exhibition, and in this exhibition, uh, if you've seen the photos of it. Um, yeah, it's like it's pretty much a like a standard art space, but they have a merchandise section. And here's the crazy thing about the merchandise: literally zero of it is official. Like zero of it is official. So it's just it's not. It's of just all, it's not. yeah. It's Disney all doesn't this, know yeah. how to make merchandise for their TV shows. Apparently, like yeah. the stuff that they have made that's official sucks. Yeah, it's so not it's, good. It's, so it's all this merchandise, and you see the prices, and the prices are like one hundred dollars for this thing, and obviously it has to be really, really high price because people are putting their own sweat, blood, and tears into it, and people yeah. are still paying it. And you just kind of go like, "How is nobody uh, in Disney going looking this? Like they're paying how much for a flapjack plush? They're paying how much for this?" And we're not doing anything about it is so astounding. Like it just blows my mind. Disney, the company who hates money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so wild that like I mean, I even um this is sort of a tangent, but I ha I got a little um Molly McGee um keychain charm. I actually got two of them. I got a Libby one and I got a Molly one where mm -hmm. Molly has scratch. Um, and I put the Molly one on my marker bag. I have a bag with markers that I have at the Emporium because um, I like having colored markers um, to be able to do the buttons, especially because with the birthday buttons, I can draw Mickey balloons on them, and people really like that. Right. Um, but I, so I have buttons on there. I have one that says Cosmic Rewind, one that says, well, it's a birthday button with the Mickey balloons on it. And then I have one that is for the Ghost of Molly McGee, and I actually... Um, worked kind of hard to recreate the logo on the button. Um, mm -hmm. And I put the Molly um, keychain on the side of the um, of the pencil case with that. And yesterday I had kids coming up and actually like recognizing it. And I'm like, yay, that's so cool. I'm like, now imagine if we actually had real merch. Right. That's Let's my question. Is like, if people get so go, okay, where did you buy that? Where did you, where did you get? Can we get that here? And it's like, no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Disney uh, isn't smart. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to merchandise their own television shows. 
I don't understand why it's free money. I know. <laughs> so I think the company yeah. that can charge eighteen dollars to use Genie Plus for a day would figure out that people want to buy merchandise for their TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a real but shame. But of course, the other thing we have to talk about that um, is kind of I think we uh, I'm I know we definitely touched on this last time we talked about the show, but of course, the elephant in the room is. Everyone's still complaining that the show only got this shortened third season. Yeah, so which has gotten uh, yeah. really tiresome to me because I think I think that's still overshadowing how good the actual show is, and it's really frustrating. I know, and, and that's kind of the thing. I, I've been kind of ragging on this for a while. It's the I would have to call this the like the persecution complex of the owl house oh, fandom yeah. or the like the there's very very victimhood and and like i totally get it i i get where the anger and the resentment is coming from especially on a a show a show that is so incredibly lgbtqia representative and uh, yeah i get i get where it's like this really big frustration that the plug was pulled on it prematurely but i it's it's hard to imagine what a world would have been in an owl house that would have been like a full three seasons long. Maybe it would have been great. I mean, I would have loved to see it, but I think the show might actually have benefited from it a little bit. Um, great. Yeah, but that said, it's like guys, it, this has been a year, like a year and a half since the public knew about it. It's been two years since dana and her crew heard about it it's like it's time to let it go it's it's seriously it's time to let it go and celebrate the show just enjoy what we're getting because what we're getting is so good Mm -hmm. and i think if they had gotten the full third season i think we still would have gotten an arc similar to this but i think it would have happened much later because i don't i don't think because that's the thing is with the when the preview um leaked online everyone was like well this could have been a, a full half of a season like amphibia was i'm like but i don't think i would have necessarily wanted that because yeah. the difference with amphibia is and i think a lot of the funny thing is a lot of people complained that amphibia season 3a was um too slow too much filler mm-hmm. too much slice of life not enough actual you know action happening where you have this first half of an episode where it's oh sprig is a superhero that's cute and then the second half is just you know was, insanity was, yeah was that the olivia and union episode olivia and union yeah yeah <laughs> um, but like i i don't think i, I don't think i would have wanted to see that as much here because i love all the stuff with with um Luz and and Willow and Gus and Hunter obviously and Amity but um I without King and Ida yeah, it's yeah. like you know I, I couldn't imagine a whole half a season of the show without mm. King and Ida yeah I I think uh, that's one thing about the episode that was actually surprisingly ballsy was the fact that there was no King and Ida like they did an entire forty six minutes without two of the main characters of the show which is surprising but it's like i don't know if we could have had an entire season with that and it's it's like oh well you know it's probably the like counter argument i'm guessing would be what if you had it to where they were separated in one room and the others were separated in the other room it's like do that for an entire half season i don't really know if that's a great idea if that would have been really 
smart. Uh, I mean, like you were saying, at least with Amphibia, you had the, the whole entire show was about Anne and the planter crew. And the thing is, is you took the planter crew and you put them in the human realm. And I, I don't watch Big City Greens, but I do know that um, something that happened was they, they moved back to the country, right? Yeah. Or something which, like that. I, yeah. I, I feel like kind of, uh, kind of defeats the purpose of the show because the whole thing was that it was a fish out of water story. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't really watched enough of it. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I want, I've watched a fair amount of Big City Greens. I, I have seen like the whole first season. Mm -hmm. um and i'm not caught up on it like i haven't been caught up on it since then yeah um but yeah i think i think the other thing with amphibia is that i i remember after true colors i was like i really want to see the things that they do with this where Anne is kind of having to process the 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 trauma and yeah. the, the grief and the anxiety and all that <laughs> they don't and then they didn't really do that yeah they didn't that. do that with that yeah like like she's just like oh well i'm having fun on earth you know one of my best friends could be dead but mm -hmm. i'm sure it's fine yeah she, she's she's fine she's gotta be she's fine yeah well it was strange and then when like... they get back it's like oh thank goodness oh thank goodness marcy's alive but it's like yeah you know she gets like one casual mention and then Anne writes a letter to both of their parents on mm -hmm. christmas and that's it. She doesn't even go back to school, which I thought was fascinating. That's the like, other thing. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up is I'm like, Anne never goes back to school. Like we see school, we see we see like her principal be like, oh my gosh, Anne, I just wanted you to write an essay. But we never actually see Anne go back to school ever. There's like that yeah. thing where the people where the people from middle school like stalking her like paparazzi, but she never goes back to school. Yeah, where it's we like never see her have to interact with anyone else. It feels uh, I mean, like we, the owl house. People that are like, man, mm -hmm. whoa! I thought you were dead, <laughs> but that's it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, we're, the, we're we're getting yeah. so much we're we're getting so much less time on Earth with these characters, but it's I I think it actually managed to give us something way more impactful, which I think yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah, and something more realistic. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, Luz would have to go back to school, but she wouldn't be the same. Uh, and I mean, they did have a funny cheat about it because it's like nobody has to go. Hey, where were you? It's like, well, you know. Yeah, you know, you had V posing as Luz. Uh, of course, V was keeping up appearances. Yeah, but there's like some weird stuff with the time skip that I don't quite get. Like, um, I was just watching the Gallery of Nucleus panel, and uh, they answered that the time skip was like three months. And trying to like wrap your head around how time works in the Owl House is actually kind of difficult because it insinuates that they got home before Luz had to go back to school. And they got to spend the summer together. But it's like, wait, didn't you spend the summer in the Boiling Isles? And <laughs> I still cannot wrap my head around how the time is supposed to work. Or time moves differently? No, because the time was moving the same because of what happened with V on Earth. Right. And with V on Earth. So my takeaway, this is, this is basically what I'm like, trying to like headcanon is that I'm I'm going to guess that Luz was pulled out of school taken to reality camp in April but this doesn't make sense since in 
reaching out, there's a calendar that shows the date is August, which would seem like Luz comes back like a a couple weeks later at the end of August. However, that would mean that they only spent two months in the in on Earth. So again, it's like because the ending is on Halloween. Um, so again, it's it's hard to wrap your head around. It's a, really just a show, and I should really just relax. So <laughs> it's almost like they should kind of maybe you know map map out the timeline before they start writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, I mean, oh, it's like we really want to do it. straightforward because it's one summer and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Gravity Falls had it figured out. They're like, it's one summer and that's it. Amphibia, it's like, okay, when does she get back? And now it's Christmas. And what? how long was she gone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, don't don't pay attention to it. It's like, ah, oh, darn it. Uh, you're trying hard not to, like wrap facts around it because that's like yourself yeah exactly just show really just relax yeah exactly (laughs) uh but yeah so the episode is fantastic um and again like you were saying with like amphibia like the difference is is that this this does like a better job condensing those like the half of that season. And I, I get what they were doing with Amphibia is that they were doing all these side stories and then they all culminate and they escape from Amphibia and then they all culminate again and all in. I, I want to, I want to clarify. I did really like that stuff. I really liked the slice of life stuff on earth. I think it was fun. Um, I especially, um, when, when that was airing, I uh, drew a lot of parallels to the, the, the background characters in Amphibia in season three a all of the human background characters it reminds me a lot of a lot of the background characters in like phineas and ferb where it's like the farmer and his wife and you just got all these funny little little background bits that are just Mm -hmm. hysterical i love that kind of stuff i think it's great but i think when you're doing a more dramatic arc Mm -hmm. um that stuff can kind of feel like okay well this is fine but like where's the the meat and potatoes you know we're kind of and the Back problem is, is that it followed up True Colors, which was such a shift in the show. Episode. Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think season two was such a great dynamic season. That feels I think season two is still I mean, people really, really like the way Amphibia ended. And I think that Amphibia did indeed end strong. I don't I definitely don't think that season three of Amphibia is the strongest season of the show. Um and th- th- just saying, uh, I'm so sorry, but it, it's not. Uh, there are too many weak points in Amphibia Season 3 because it feels like the entire show stops, starts, stops, starts, stops, starts. And when when we get to those stops, like in, in Season 2, at least we were learning more about Marcy. Uh, in early Season 2, we were learning more about um, Amphibia in general. Uh, and it felt like there was a lot of world building and stuff like that. Whereas in season three, uh, when we got to it, it was like, okay, well, we're just going to explore Earth and this fish out of water ideal for a little bit. Oh, okay. We're going to just explore this like kind of war torn amphibia for a little while. And then we'll get back to the story. And that was what's so frustrating to it. Whereas yeah. the Owl House felt it's so much more consistent of how it's flowing. It's constantly flowing in this narrative. 
And that's probably what I prefer a little bit more. Not like I don't like Amphibia, and I think Amphibia is very charming. I'm just saying that I just thought that Season 3 was a little weaker, and that's why I'm kind of fine with the shortening. I mean, I guess that's what we're all getting around to. I'm, 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 I've I'm, made my peace with it, um, and now that Disney apparently thinks, it's like, oh, shit, it's successful now. They'll actually give it some more in some form. Yeah, something else. I I had a, a friend I was talking to in a, a chat be like, well, they should go back and do do like a, a Snyder Cut kind of thing like they've done for some animes. I'm like, there is no way in hell that that's possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Release the Dana Cut? <laughs> Release the Dana Cut. The Dana Snyder Cut. Wait a minute. Now, now this is about Scratch? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So uh, I think we've discussed all of the the background stuff. We want to get into the actual episode. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So of course the episode opens with the ending of um, King's Tide, mm-hmm. uh, and once again we get to see. Speaking of amphibia, a little Easter egg referencing amphibia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because the the well, there's actually a, like a few amphibia Easter eggs in this, um, but uh, yes, we see the Anne on the iPad again, which just still breaks my brain. Um, la- yeah, later on we see Bessie. Bessie appears from Amphibia, and uh, we have a like a Polly is as in one of Luz's drawings, and a Hot Pop is on a poster in the veterinarian's office. Um, but so yes. Is- is the the crossover is that crossover canon then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like, oh, and there's also another amphibia reference. Uh, somebody's dressed as Grimes in the uh, Halloween uh, party at the end. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So some somebody's keeping keeping the fire alive, like over there. Uh, but yeah, uh, so they uh, we see the ending of King's Tide, and then uh, Luz comes back, uh, and we see how that scene ends with her sobbing into her mother's arms, and uh, we then see the kids like immediately come in and start using magic to clean up, which <laughs> is so funny because it's like like Camilla's just like introduced to the idea that you know oh damn these are witches. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amity doesn't know how to make tea. Yeah. <laughs> she puts her tea <laughs> back on the outside. Uh, uh, and uh, we get some cute scenes of them, like, learning about the human realm. And a whole bunch of scenes like that. And obviously, the scene that uh, everybody freaked out about was, of course, um, the sweet the sweet scene in the montage where, um, where Luz comes out. Um, to her mom and she she makes this little video and slideshow of her and amity and and her mom is so happy and it's so cute i love it so much it is the most fan servicey thing i've ever seen and probably uh i mean they they literally say she like makes a video and it's like this really crappy uh windows uh movie maker video uh and it's literally says lumity studios presents which is like i'm surprised nobody has like made the joke is like lumity is literally canon it literally yeah. made the name canon in the well, series it's just like when phineas and ferb um referenced finabella yeah but then they realized 
Oh, well, we have to rhyme this with something. Shit, what rhymes with Finabella? Because we're doing this in a song. Uh, Salmonella, sure, <laughs> why not? Uh, and uh, not only that, but like at the end of the scene, where so this is like Luz coming out as by to her mom, which, you know, people have pointed out that doesn't quite 100% make sense because in yesterday's lie, we see that uh, Camilla has a... Um, bisexual uh pride flag on her fridge and so people thought that meant um that camilla already knows um but who cares i'm this this scene is 100 uh a giant middle finger to any you know homophobic detractors of the show as oh, yeah. literally like gus comes in with a rainbow and a bevy of pro of, of uh bi pride fan uh, flags and it's yes. just like a giant fuck you. <laughs> and it's great. Uh, so that, yes. that's wonderful. Um, uh, other things in the montage that I like. Um, we have these these wonderful sequences where um, what I what I like is, is how they kind of track loses trauma. So lose comes back to the human realm and is distraught. But uh, the montage kind of shows the process where she kind of rallies and gets like really excited, uh, and then uh, and then they try to open the portal. Uh, they make this big attempt to make the portal, and uh, in this scene, Hunter is wearing um, like Rocco's modern life clothes. <laughs> Which is so weird. He's wearing Rocco's outfit from Rocco's Modern Life. So <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. Um, I'm guessing just like a. a Isn't that was a character designer, was a fan? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, they make this attempt to make this portal and it fails. And then you kind of see her go distraught. And then she's yeah. like really sad for most of the rest of the montage. Like that's when the rain scene happens, and you know, rain scene. Oh my god! Yeah, what a great scene. And Amity and Luz are dancing together, but she's like sees that Luz is sad. And by the way, Amity is like like the biggest freaking rock in this episode because it's like yeah. Amity is just one hundred percent supporting Luz. Who's like clearly having the world's roughest time? It's so good because like for for a while it was you know kind of kind of lose having to having to be there for Amity. Um, yeah. while she's dealing with all the stuff with her mom being horrible and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's kind of nice to see the tables turn where Amity has to be like, okay, I'm here for you because I know you're really having a hard time with all of this yeah but it, this is like the third time that loses hidden something from Amity and it's like. I swear to God, no more of this in the next two subplots. Like, in it's like next, next two specials, just it's like tell your girlfriend what's going on. Yeah, I know. It's like for the love of Christ, nobody's going to hate you for this. Like, she she basically the whole idea of the special is that Luz feels responsible for everything that's happened because in um, elsewhere and elsewhere, she goes back in time and inadvertently helps Philip, who of course is uh, revealed to be Bellos. Uh, and if this is a spoiler, I mean, why are you even listening to this episode in the first place? This is this is a months old spoiler. Um, the uh, and she uh helps him meet the collector, 
And she thinks that because she helped everything get into motion, that everyone's going to blame her. But, uh, of course, that's not true. Um, but, she, again, she, she it's like, come on, lose, knock, knock it off. Knock it off. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> Even Hunter's thing where he's like, well, everyone's going to hate me for being a Grimwalker. I'm like, okay, but obviously he has no control over that and he's still a different person. <laughs> exactly. I. It's so weird. It's like, okay, so you're you're scared because yeah, you were... Obviously, anxiety is not always going to be... In fact, most of the time, anxiety is not rational. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you think about it for a second, it's like, no, they would have no reason to ha have any issue with either of these things having happened because that, you know, it wasn't anything... That they did intentionally. Mm -hmm. And there's actually subtle hints throughout the episode that Gus already knows. Because if you remember, in King's Tide, he goes and um, examines Ellis's mind. With the little uh, the little thing he got from the um, illusion coven head. And so he probably already knows. And he makes like several allusions to that throughout the entire episode. Um, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, the montage ends with Luz going to school, and uh, there. Then we have the scene where they're in the. They like made a basically made a home out of the um, the shack that used to be transporting them to the uh, demon realm, and uh, they're trying to figure out everything. But they're also learning Spanish. From Duolingo. Duolingo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that felt like a very kind of gravity falls gag too where it's mm -hmm. like practice every day or i'll haunt your nightmares yeah <laughs> a great gag uh and they uh and they're just learning it just so they can i guess help v uh camilla out and uh, we get that great gag where v where it goes you're a top student and amity's like i used to be the top student which is so great that she's still still salty about that months later. <laughs> um, and uh, then, what is it? Like, um, th that's when they find the, um, like, the Rebus, I think? Is that when yes. it happens? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they find this tome, which they'll, like, that was buried there underneath the floorboards. That was presumably put in like the whole lore of the show is sort of um, put in there as like they, they finally like explain more of, you know, try to like flesh out more of the kind of breadcrumb and they keep like they keep like mentioning it over and over, but like explaining more as the show goes along. But the idea is that um, Caleb and and Philip were two brothers who were witch hunters back in um, Gravesfield, Connecticut, which is basically a sort of like a Salem, uh, Salem archetype where they're witch hunters and a real witch from the Boiling Isles comes in from the demon realm, comes in, uh, lures them there. And basically uh, Caleb falls in love with this uh, witch named Evelyn and this witch named Evelyn uh, it, they figure out like the secret code to where there's Titan's blood that they can use to 
uh, go through realms, and assumedly that they work together to build this this portal. Philip follows and pretty much is really mad and murders Caleb, uh, and becomes and starts working to uh, become Bellows uh, as sort of this twisted way to both avenge his brother and also genocide all the witches in the Boiling Isles um, as he sees them as having seduced his brother to the dark side. And uh, so the idea is that this this Rebus, this code, is one of the things that uh, he has stowed away um, to, like, as a secret code that I'm guessing Evelyn or something uh, to lead them to this Titan's blood, but they haven't yet figured it out. And uh, they're 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 like they're like okay, well we should let Luz know, and they're like no 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 she she's too preoccupied and she's too down on herself. Let's make this a surprise. And uh, then we get to Luz in the school, and <laughs> this is one of the weirdest scenes in the series. Would you agree? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like when I saw this scene, like, like it's 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 weird. Like I feel like it's it's from another show almost. It, it is it is kind of a weird scene where she's in uh, like uh, she's in an, an English class and the teacher is talking about uh, this book that they're reading and discussing the the theme of fate versus free will and, you know, destiny uh, versus, you know, chance and serendipity. And the idea is that, oh, okay. Um, you know, even though this happened, it didn't, you know, it, uh, he still had the free will to stop it from happening. And she is arguing against that. She's like, just start randomly arguing him. <laughs> It's like, projecting herself yeah, she's it. projecting herself into it. But I think, yeah, I think they could have cut this scene and uh, and just kept the, the bit later with um, with Azura and that still would have worked. Mm -hmm. like, I get why it's in here, but also like, yeah, it, it does kind of feel like it. It, uh, it it does kind of feel like it. You're right. It kind of feels like it. it uh, yeah. You're right. It does kind of feel like it came from a different show. It really does. Like, it's very why dramatic. Why is this happening in this English class? Yeah, it's very dramatic. It's it's very. I, I almost want to say it's very like CW, <laughs> and uh, and again, like uh, I was just watching this gallery nucleus uh, panel and Sarah Nicole Robles, who voices Luz, she was like, "Oh, I loved it. It was so dramatic. It was so drama," and that's probably like the kind of thing I took away from it. It's very dramatic. It's you know, she's like, "Who cares about the the uh, who cares about the um who cares about the ripple effects? Ripple effects. Thank you. Who cares about the ripple effects? You know, who cares about that? You know, it was that he was it was his fault. It was his fault. It's like." Well, you know, not necessarily because he could still have the chance to, to save it. He still had the chance to fix it. And that's the lesson that they're basically pointing out that she's not learning, that she's holding on to her grief and to her, to her, you know, uh, responsibility, like feeling responsible for her actions so much that she's unable to see that she could 
help fix it that she could you know that the forgiveness is a possibility that she just made a mistake and mistakes happen and that's not necessarily 100 percent destiny it's just like it's just a chance and she has the free will to fix it uh and then she meets some some weird dudes in the in like the lockers by the lockers who tell her about what is tell her about the, like the halloween the haunted hayride haunted hayride that's right um and a great gag by the way is when she passes by the art room and the art teacher like gives her the like the nastiest stare because she was like the one who did all those things in the pilot uh, yeah yeah <laughs> And they have signs about specifically that. And it's one of those where if you're a student that comes in like the following year, you're like, what happened that this needed to be a rule that was put up? Yeah. There's this story here. Right. Exactly. What what happened here? And it's it's so funny. Just like imagine like these kids like lose. It's pulled out of school for being this like optimistic dork. And this comes back the most like goth emo person ever. Like, what the fuck happened here? What happened to this girl? <laughs> and that's 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 what I would wonder. Um, but yeah, uh, and then uh, so what happened? Holloway really broke her, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my god, yeah, that's dark thinking about it. Like, yeah. because there's like another thing that happens later that we learn that makes like the whole reality camp like just so dark <laughs> it's so dark um so uh, wh what happens next in the episode um uh, after next, the haunted uh, hayride is that when we uh that's when we get to like i think it's like it's night and is that with the hunter and gus scene yeah that was the hunter and gus scene okay Okay, yeah, and I love that scene. Because... Also, um, oh. also before that, um, we see um, um, Camila um, thinking of what to get um, everyone to eat, and then uh, they almost um, hit the uh, crossing guard that's stopping them from. That's uh, right. Thank you. Thank you. The, mm -hmm. Where the person uh, hit the quote deer. The deer, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we find out that um, Bellos is basically doing his best Voldemort impression. Mm. Yes, he is going around and sucking the life out of other animals in his goopy form, which is terrifying um, and creepy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's right. You're right. Okay. And then we get that night scene where Hunter and Gus are talking and... Hunter reveals that he loves wolves. And it's one of my favorite, most adorable scenes. It's so, it's so good. I love them. They become such good friends. Yeah, they're, they're called magical beasts called wolves. And I love them. It's such a great <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I love so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, um, the two of them also bond over the... Um, Oh, what was it called again? Cosmic Frontiers. Yeah, Cosmic Frontiers. We basically learned that Camilla and her late husband were pretty much proto Trekkies. Uh, just yeah, yeah. I love that so much. That's so mm -hmm. cute. Yeah, and like they find this entire closet full of like like Cosmic Frontiers cosplay, 
and it's such a nerd like come on Mm -hmm. yeah it makes it makes so much sense and i love i love all of that kind of being shaded in it's like you you especially when we get to in a little bit the 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 kind of the dream that you see camilla have it's like oh my gosh of course loses this way of course Mm -hmm. this is how she is yeah yeah and and you basically like uh is that the next scene with the dream actually i think yes okay so yeah Um, yeah yes it is it's the it's right after that um because Luz is unable to sleep and then yeah Mm -hmm. and then uh camila is continuing to think about how to uh, like how to get stuff for them to eat Mm -hmm. which is (laughs) yeah which is yeah um <laughs> to get apple blood from the apple butcher yeah <laughs> and she's like got all these books around and she's like l- reading all these books um and what's one funny is like um one of them's called uh like um feeding your manatee which everybody thought was a reference to v because v kind of looks like a manatee so <laughs> I just I I remember that it's like oh okay I hope you're ready to buy tons of lettuce the end yeah <laughs> uh what else uh so yeah she goes into a nightmare where she reflects upon um all the like pretty much like all these snide comments that people make about young Luz um and she's constantly trying to like defend Luz and we see basically. That first scene with young Luz digging up the uh, the 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 skin of the snake snake that has been fed. Yeah, so cute. She's so cute. Yeah, and and she calls the the snake skin pajamas. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that's adorable. Look what I found. Ew! Don't touch that dead thing. It's not dead. This is the skin of a garter snake. They shed their pajamas as they grow. It means there's a snake near us. And it just got a lot bigger. Ew, ah! <laughs> she called them pajamas. That's also like um, a lot of people think that loses Palisman is going to hatch into a snake. There's several. Cool. Yeah, there's several like um, allusions to this throughout the entire series. Um, so uh, that's that a lot of sense. I heard that. I, I saw that theory and I'm like, yeah, I would get on board with that. I would totally be on board with that with it being a snake. You saw the logo theory, right? Uh, I don't think I saw okay, that. Okay, so the logo theory is if you pull up the the logo for the owl house, um, the owl, the O in the owl is Albert and below it for the um, H in house, it's a staff. So it looks like a staff. And then if you look at the L in owl, it's a staff pointed the other way, and it connects with the S in house. So that is a snake. So the okay. theory is that one side of it is Albert. The other side of it is loses Palisman. That's really cool. If that, mm-hmm. if that actually ends up being true, that's so cool. Yeah. So that, I, yeah. I hope that's true. That'd mm-hmm. be great. Right. So the idea is that it was foreshadowed at the very beginning. And uh, again, that. in this yeah. gallery yeah. Nicholas panel, they said that Dana always knew things about how the show would end. And that yeah. came. So, so probably it's going to come true. So, um, 
yeah, so we kind of see the other side of Camilla's um of of her side when she was being interrogated uh, about Luz's antics um from the pilot, you know, and they they're talking about how she was bullied as a kid and that grief is manifesting itself in so many ways and this is how Luz is acting out. Um and that that's like she feels like she's drowning because you know she doesn't know what to do for her child and uh they you know they actually literally show that and that's when camilla wakes up and she which is a pretty harrowing scene it's surprising that surprising that they they've devoted so much time to it in this 46 minute special where there's so much to do but it makes sense for how it ends they did Exactly. I'm so glad they did because it was such a it was such a great thing to to see to help inform uh, Camilla's character because obviously she hasn't gotten a whole lot of screen time thus far because of course she's back in the human realm mm-hmm. for most of the series. But and I, I I remember some people being like, "Oh, well, Camilla's a terrible mother. She's yeah. not actually like listening." It's like it's like I'm I'm like, no, she really does care about Luz and she wants her to be happy. Mm-hmm. The and she doesn't really know how to make that happen. Yeah, exactly. And she doesn't know, she doesn't really know what's really going on for daughter. And that's something that Camilla actually figures out throughout the course of this episode. Um, and then that's when Luz comes in and says, why, why don't, why aren't you mad at me? Why aren't you hating me? Like, because again, this is Luz like going, I did so many bad things, you know, and, I should be blamed. I should get blamed for this. I have, she has so, she has so much grief on her and so yeah. much guilt that like, she, and, yeah. I mean, going all the way back to the, the flashback at the beginning of, um, of follies at the Coven day parade, where you see Luz's perspective of what she thought her mom said, mm-hmm. which is not what she said yeah. in yesterday's lie. It's 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 filtered through her perspective, and I think that is so so. Again, it's so it's so important to inform you know what 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 her perspective of the events are. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. How she's mm-hmm. actually feeling about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then we yeah. get to see the other side of the coin with Camilla. Mm-hmm. True, true, and uh, you know, lose you know, and Camilla get comforted, um, and then okay, um. Is that okay? So, so she like sleeps with. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, Luz comes. Yeah, Luz comes into her mom's room and uh, and she ends up sleeping with her mom in her bed, which Mm -hmm. is really cute. Yeah, and then yeah, I'm a sucker for any time you get to see kids snuggling with their parents. It's so cute. No. Uh, and then oh gosh, uh. See that's that's the thing. I I'm pretty like I've seen the episode about three times. Um, but this middle section is a little confusing to me. I think is it after that 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 they uh, we move back to the next day and they're gonna go out. Yeah, yeah. So um, and after a foreboding shot of um Bellos um morphing into a horned rabbit. Right. Yes. Uh, it's the next day. It's the next day, and that was creepy. Mm-hmm. That was really creepy. That's right. Uh, yes. And, and the next day, um, Amity V, Willow, and Hunter 
Um, Hunter's cosplaying as like that Borg-like character from Cosmic Frontier, which is so funny. Hunter, I don't think the world is ready for the brave fashion choices of the year 2008. Please change. Don't listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> so also, yeah. Just, I love I love everything with Willow and Hunter. The two mm -hmm. of them are so cute. Oh my god. Yeah, they're kind of like doing this kind of like a slow footsie of you know crushes on each other. But uh, then what is it? Uh, so then they all decide to go out, and Hunter stays behind, and that's when he sees like Bellows. Uh, and then we get this great montage. This this montage in the music by Brad Breek is really, really great. You can also listen to that online, um, which is oh, yeah. the, the montage where they're going throughout Gravesfield. And this is more like kind of fish out of water, interacting with the human realm stuff. And they go to this magic circle. And uh, isn't that really like they're playing around with like objects there? Yeah, and they get kicked out. Yeah, and they get kicked out, and Willow gives her a snail. There's the library, and Amity's like trying to open the. Mm -hmm. What is that called? The the, the, the Dewey membrane? Decimal System. It is. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. So she's trying yeah, to open that, and she's like, she's like failing, and then this little girl opens it, and she gets startled and falls over. Yeah, so like that's so funny. Which like, surprisingly, has become a meme. Yeah, she does it twice in the episode. First, she does it in the the shack, and then she falls over again there, and every yeah, everybody loves it because they're like comparing the 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 thing in uh, Hootie's door where she goes, "Oh, I'm not as cool as you think," and then they cut to. Her just constantly fumbling over in this episode. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yep, yeah, you were right. She isn't. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And then uh, then my favorite thing is they finally go. And in the pilot, they dis explain that. Ida explains that uh, they banished drafts to the human realm. And we finally get to see why. And they go visit a draft. And Willow takes a photo of it. And... Like the giraffe, like becomes this horrifying monster, which is a question. It's like, wait, okay, so in this, in this universe overall, it's like, do giraffes are just giraffes horrifying monsters like to humans, and we just deal with it? I don't quite get it. So I think, I think it's um. I, I think it's just two witches. So <laughs> witches. If it's a human walking up to them, they're not gonna like, like they're not gonna do anything. It's just towards witches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I just love the idea that going up to a draft to seek wisdom <laughs> because the drafts are from the demon realm. And you just see this dumb looking face on the draft <laughs> as Gus bows to it. Hey, what do you call uh, what do you call a group of giraffes? A tower. What do you call a group of scary giraffes? A tower of terror. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, is that a, like a is that a Jungle Cruise joke? It's a Kilimanjaro Safari's joke, oh. although it was actually a group of scared giraffes, but I changed it to scary giraffes because they're scary. Oh, okay. Oh, that's I always forget that Kilimanjaro Safari's has little jokes on it like uh, i did i haven't sometimes if the, if the driver is or uh, the person who's doing the the feeling is feeling like it mm -hmm. yeah i did it 
Gosh, I haven't done it in a long time. The last time I did was 2015, and I there were some jokes on it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is probably because they cut that whole big red thing out of it. I feel like I only do Kilimanjaro safaris maybe like once or twice a year, maybe sometimes more. It just kind of depends on if I'm visiting the park with someone who doesn't normally go there. Well, isn't like the lines are crazy. The lines can get crazy, and it's like, you know, I'm kind of just like, well, I can do this whenever I want, but then I feel like I don't do it that often. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I, I sort of take it for granted. It's like, I can go on a freaking African safari whenever I want. That's kind of crazy. Well, that, and you can also go to Bush Gardens, Tampa, and just see drafts and not that, wait. I feel a... like I do that more often, and that's definitely not just because of uh, a certain uh, hybrid coaster that opened up over there. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely Fair incredible. Yeah. And you don't have to wait oh. in line forever to see said drafts. That's true. You don't have. You can see giraffes from the bar over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Really and I even saw giraffes from Cobra's Curse while I was riding. Yeah, you can. You can see giraffes from the roller coasters. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, the only disappointment of this episode is that obviously they're in Connecticut and Luz never takes Amity on an amusement park date to Lake Compounds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so. Uh, Lake Compounds, does that? Is that the one that has Boulder Dash? Is that the one that has Boulder Dash? Okay, it is the one that has <laughs> Yeah, they have a Skyrocket too. They have a right. called Phobia Fear Coaster. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the ones that, ooh, oh my gosh, it doesn't have the comfort collars. Mm, that's ooh. right, that's right. I forgot about Gary. that. Uh, probably just has regular people. <laughs> uh, what, a, what a concept. You don't need this dumb floppy shoulder restraint. If only SeaWorld would listen. If only SeaWorld would listen. Uh, no, they're, they're gonna they're gonna get the shoulder, the the floppy shoulder restraints just like uh, just like the other Skyrocket twos and uh, the Big Apple coaster. Mm, ugh, you you me. didn't finally ride that, right? Oh, I did. Uh, How was so it? So I rode it on the day it reopened with the premiere train. Okay, yeah, that's right. And it like everybody's like it's so much better now. It's so much better now. I'm like guys. It still sucks. Guys, it, this is still a really boring coaster. Like you, It's not painful now, yeah. but it still sucks. I mean, you, you do get like you get what the comfort collars you get like your. You, the thing about the comfort collars is while it makes for a less rough ride, you still have rubber that's like rubbing on your neck. So you have rubber that's like going on your neck. So you still have that because the ride is so horribly profiled and always has been. Um, you get like a pop of airtime once, and that's on like the big hill. And you and the heartline roll is still fun, and then the rest of the ride is so boring, and it sucks so much. And the fucking thing costs twenty bucks to ride. It's like bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty bucks. So basically, if uh, if. Uh, if Kevin and Gretel had decided to go ride that, that would have been the only thing they had done in Vegas that day. Yeah. I mean, I still find it really funny uh, with Hamster and Gretel that the, I, I, I don't, you, you said you only watched like the first two episodes of it, right? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. Yeah, you only watched the first two episodes. Well, like basically episode nine, um, their parents are going to a convention and um, they're like, well, obviously we don't trust you to be left alone. So we're going to have a boiler come over. 
um abuela obviously being on the mom's side um and she's super super strict and all that and that's the whole thing for that episode and then like literally the next episode their parents are like okay we're gonna pretend we don't have kids for the afternoon you two go run around vegas here's 40 dollars <laughs> I was like, what? No parent would ever do this. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, going back to Owl House. I'll at least watch that episode. That one's fun. Okay. Uh, going back to Owl House. Um, yeah. Uh, so okay, so they just met, faced off the draft, and V takes them to the historical society, um, where um, in last in yesterday's lie, a uh, it was ran by this giant douche named jacob who pretty much is like a conspiracy theorist who thinks that demons are going to kill us all and they figure out they find out that this um um uh this person named masha um who is non-binary they actually had like the little um plate that says masha they them and we actually uh saw them in yesterday's lie uh they were one of the friends that um, proto lose or the other lose creepy lose whatever you want to call V lose had befriended. V-Lose. So uh, V introduces herself to them, and um, Masha says, oh. "Say, have we met? Something about you seems familiar." Uh, no, I'm new in town. I just have one of those faces, just but just the one, the normal amount of face. <laughs> what a coincidence! Me too. And of course, Masha's voiced by Great Delisle. Yeah, that's right. It's Great Delisle. Um, and um, and then like like V is just like kind of love struck. It's like, oh, there might be something here, you know. So they're they're you know they're yeah. they're just like, uh. No, the only one no that doesn't get a love interest in this show is Gus. Yeah, Everyone else gets exactly. a love interest. Exactly. Like, people jokes like, Gus was formerly the third reel. Now, like, Gus is, like, seventh wheel of the show. Gus is the, Gus is the spare in the back of the semi. Yeah, which is funny because, like, when the um when the montage leaked, people were, like, shipping V and Gus. And then the episode, the special is like, nah, no, no. Gus is still right. Gus is still a lonely boy, and then uh, the Masha basically tells him about the Rebus and how the Rebus works, and then they figure out like, oh, okay, the, this this Rebus is figuring it uh, figuring out how to get us to Titan blood. So they figure that out. So they figure out like, oh, the ti- Titan's blood um, is getting there. And we have some nice moments where they like kind of reflect upon the past that they spent each other, and then. The fact that like it's kind of been a cycle to get back to there and again this is like a lot of those subtle themes of the episode's called thanks to them and that has a lot of meanings um thanks to them refers to multiple things it refers to lose how lose feels that they are trapped thanks to her hunter feels like they are in their situation partially because of him and uh, this sort of reinforces the notion that um, the friends are friends thanks to lose. And later on in the episode, um, I mean, if you've gotten this far, you probably have seen the episode, but Flapjack saves Hunter's life. And Hunter, right. Hunter is saved thanks to them. Elos believes that 
his plan has failed thanks to them. Or Bellis is also saying that your plan only works thanks to you, Lutz. And here it's sort of insinuated that, again, they're only that friend group thanks to Lutz. Thanks to lose, they have a chance. Thanks to lose. And it's sort of like that back and forth of, you know, looking on the good that you put in the world versus the unfortunate things that you put in the world and balancing those things. And it's right. sort of like focusing on which one is, is good. So I like that one example that kind of like reinforces that theme a little bit more. So that's when Hunter sees the goopiness and is like, oh my gosh, it's Bellos. And he gets Luz to go with him. Inspect, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they put on those little masks. Cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it's this kind of this tense scene where they're going and f- trying to figure this out, but they find a rat. Was it a rat or was it a possum? Was it a rat or a possum? I can't remember. Um, I think it was a possum. Possum? Yeah. And then they have this very sweet scene where Luz says, well, we have to protect you, your family now. And Hunter breaks down in tears because he's never felt that sort of connection all of his time with Bellows. And, you know, again, you know, this this is a very, very, very sweet scene that uh, I think is understated. Um, And... I just I really really enjoyed this scene. Yeah, that's a that that's such a good scene. Because mm-hmm. Hunter feels like he can actually be vulnerable in front of Luz, which is something that he doesn't feel like he can do in front of anyone else. Yeah, because obviously Luz knows him better than just about anyone at this point. Right, and they're they're sort of the the idea is that Hunter is sort of Luz's uh, like pseudo brother at this point. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we find out as they go back up is that Ellos has actually possessed Hunter, slowly possessing Hunter. And yes. he's done this by infecting this wound that he has it on his finger. I've seen a lot of people um, say that now we have a trilogy or, or a, a trifecta um, because we have Bipper, we have Darcy, and now we have... <laughs> I don't know if we have a name for uh, Bellows Hunter, but... Yeah, everybody's been kind of arguing what it should be. Something like Hellos um, is one of the things that people like. Um, But yeah, there's no name yet. But yes, you're right. That's right. We had Darcy, we had Bipper, now we have this one. Um, Bipper. 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 I still just... God, the delivery of that for, uh, from that uh, Kristen Shaw is just oh, that episode's so good. Um, and children fighting, I can sell this. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that scene in uh, I'm niece and nephew, Grunkle Stan. <laughs> I love that scene in um, sock opera where Pepper is just like slamming his, his hand on the drawer, just enjoying it. Love that scene. Um, That's probably the most comical possession episode ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> they did some funny stuff with Darcy too. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, so, anyways, what is it? Um, okay, that's when Luz records a diary, right? Um, yes. 
Yes, yeah, so they're talking about Halloween costumes. And That's how, right. That's um, right. Yes, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Amity and Luz are going to go as... Uh, um, Hecate and Azora, respectively, mm-hmm. and that's where that clip plays um, from uh, from the second Azora movie. That's obviously a very much a parallel to how Luz is feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it like, turns out that Luz resembles the villain, the villainous Lucy. <laughs> and you know, of course, the the villainous Lucy is like you know, was, you know, thanks to you, Lucy. You know, and again, that's like reiterating the the title of the show the episode thanks to them um this episode the title means something compared to um you know act your age where it's like we still don't know what that actually meant (laughs) what does it mean nobody's having to like like actually like nobody's not acting their age except maybe maybe doofenshmirtz with the midlife crisis thing but that's about it (laughs) Has, has Doofenshmirtz appeared on Hamster and Gretel yet? Because I'm just waiting for Not yet. Not yet. You know it's going to happen. Not yet. I'm sure it'll happen. It's going to happen. I, I would be shocked if it didn't happen. Yeah. Do you really, really quick? We'll probably get We'll probably get 10 episodes of Doofenshmirtz crashing on, uh, crashing on their couch. Do you really want to just really quickly talk about the Chibi-verse where Luz and the Phineas and Ferb and Owl House crossover? Actually helps out Phineas and Ferb and and tries to because um, basically they're the Phineas and Ferb are hosting because the whole thing with Chibiverse because um, I I don't think we've actually talked about it yet I was planning on doing an episode of about it um, but I was waiting on like one more episode to come out which I think it comes out like next, next week. week yeah um, but um, basically the whole format of Chibiverse is that every week someone different is hosting and usually it's like a pair of characters from two different shows mm-hmm. um. But so this one, it's just Phineas and Ferb hosting, and then Doofenshmirtz causes people to um, forget who their best friends are, and the whole thing at the end is they want to have, like, a disco um, dance-off where everyone's dancing with their best friends. Um, Which is funny, because then when Luz shows up, uh, we don't ever hear any reference to any of her actual friends and or girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, she just kind of, like, just shows up, and she has Albert. I saw the whole thing happen. Mm -hmm. And we can uh, we can kind of fix this. And uh, I think probably the funniest thing is Doofenshmirtz actually messes with one of her glyphs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he draws himself into the glyph. Yeah. Which is like... I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Dana had any input on on that. Um, I I know I'm sure at least Dan has some input. I think also mm-hmm. like um because I think I think it's the the same team that does like all of the broken karaoke's and all the other yeah. stuff that works on these. Mm-hmm. What's up? What are you guys? What are you going to be done with all these? Um, I don't know. Why do you need a pumpkin? Because we wanted to carve the one that was down there and it molded. Okay, well, you kind of late for this. If I'd known that the pumpkin molded, I would have gone and would have okay. it. Okay, okay. Bye. Um, so anyways, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know who has what kind of input on mm-hmm. these, um, but it's fun. I like it. Yeah, and it's uh, so like the whole idea is that Luz helps out with um, trying to like fix uh, all the shenanigans that Doofenshmirtz has put in, and you actually get to hear Luz Nasetta say "Doctor Doof," and it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's it's just so weird. Stranger said we should watch Hamster and Gretel TV shorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, that that was cute. Um, so. Um, 
What else? Uh, okay. So I like the hamster metal short uh, where they're in the museum and there's the Venus de Milo and it's Milo Murphy's law. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, um, and I think uh, I think uh, uh, was it? I, I want to say it was Josh Pruitt that was like, "Yeah, we didn't tell them to do that. They just did that." <laughs> Which I'm like, "Mwah, chef's kiss." Somebody, somebody on that team is paying attention, and thank you. Yeah. Okay, so what else? Uh, so okay, so after. Okay, so now she's recording her diary, and that's when she pretty much says, "Hey, you know." I screwed up. I messed up so much. And, you know, I loved being here in the human realm. This is finally where I fit in, but I screwed up and it's best for everyone. If, and she doesn't say it, but you pretty much insinuate. I, I'm going to go back to the human realm. And uh, so it cuts to the next day um, where they go to the, the haunted hayride. And they have this great segment where... They are doing pretty much a crucible witch trial play and Gus interrupts it. <laughs> and uh, like, doesn't he interrupt it and like make a fool out of the judges and just change the play? Good. I love mm -hmm. that. And then Jacob comes in. You had it not very far, but I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and then, Gus uh, was Jacob comes in and tries to like say they're demons. Look at their ears. <laughs> I want your teeth. Yeah. And it's like, and he, pro he probably gets uh, tackled by security. Yeah, well, he gets tackled by security. It's just so funny. It's like, yeah, dude, do you, you not know everybody's in costume there. So I don't know what you were trying to do here. <laughs> and it didn't just like they were going to like like take our teeth of demon power or something like that. It was that the joke. Um, and, uh, then we get them on the, uh, they go on there, like the haunted hayride itself. Right. By the way, uh, don't let Jacob go to any like pizzerias. Oh God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob definitely believes in like pizza. Oh God. Oh my gosh. This, um, he's just like all on 4chan. Just like talking about demon where was jacob on january 6th <laughs> mike pence is a demon <laughs> that's what he was doing <laughs> investigate the deep state vaccines yeah <laughs> uh and and then so they're on the haunted hayride and that's when they talk about that's when masha masha's on the hayride and she narrates as we we told before the the, the story of caleb and philip i love how uh, i love how gus and willow are like make, make us cry, cry. Make, make us cry, cry. <laughs> <laughs> I they they because they've been friends for so long they they still have such a yeah, cute friendship it's true. It's great. i love it i love it I love honestly any interaction anyone has with willow because willow's so sweet she is she's great, she is great. uh and yes. That's when she they give the like the story of it, and again this gives us the name of Evelyn and people theorize and probably correct. I mean, when the clues are this obvious, like with the snake thing, it's probably correct. And if it's not, that wouldn't make thematic sense. But that Evelyn is likely uh, an ancestor of the Clawforms, and that Ida is actually 
a descendant of Caleb. Um, and what is it? Um, and uh, so so they're they're telling the story, and you know, Luz and Hunter are worried because you know this brings it more into stuff that they've been dealing with, and they're ho- uh, worried that a truth is going to come out. Um, and I love Masha's like kind of like throwaway line that everybody was thinking when they watched Hollow Mind and saw all those portraits in the background building the story of them is that they they just go sounds like big bro got a hot witch girlfriend and little bro got upset but that's just me and they get off the hayride and that's when um Luz and hunter like hunter sees bellos again and hunter's like you gotta come with me we gotta deal with this shit and uh and then he like yells at flapjack to get the rebus from amity to steal it and um he like yells at him because he's like starting to slowly become possessed by bellows um and then that's when uh camilla and we cut back to camilla and she sees loses diary but not only does she see the diary she sees the diary from uh, like years over years and this sort of Which plays conveniently true true but this <laughs> but it's yeah this uh this sort of provides the backbone i would have to say of everything that happens before the pilot and what happens is you see that um Luz is a young girl and she's uh in her new house and she's apparently vlogging when she's like seven which makes me feel very old (laughs) and she's like oh we're in this new house so you know my daddy's in the hospital and then uh you go to the next scene where it's obviously after um her father died but uh her father left her the book the good witch azura and um all throughout this by the way um they're playing the very melancholy version of the closing credits theme um which is it just kind of adds this extra level of poignancy because i always felt like the closing credits theme was always really showing loses because it was accompanied with that original animation where um, she's walking through the boiling aisles, and it's her naivete and um, sense of wonder, and that's I think it really, really does fit Luz in this moment. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And we see that Luz has loved the book, and Luz uh, has become an Azura fan. She goes to convention. She wants to wants to yeah. She wants to cut her hair with the sword, and she regrets, and that's how she, of course, gets her pixie haircut. Um, and, uh, and, uh, we cut to lose just before the pilot and it's her mom seeing her bad report card and her doing the, the Griffin with spider eggs and saying, this is gonna, this is gonna, you know, make her proud. And then finally Camilla sees a video diary that loses said, and she basically says, I'm never. I'm staying behind in the human realm. And this is this is pretty much completing completing Camilla's arc where 
in yesterday's lie. She wants Luz to stay. Now Camilla's mad because she knows, oh my god, I, my daughter was struggling so much in the human realm. And this is where she flourished. I can see it. The, her girlfriend is there. The, her friends are there. She was, she, she was amazing there. Now I'm taking that away from her. And I'm not, I'm, I'm making her struggle as hard as I did when I was in, in, in her youth. So that's, that's kind of like her realizing that, coming to that realization. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, uh, when we, I think we, when, I think we talked about this, we were talking about um, Follies at the Coven Day Parade uh, a while back. Uh, we were kind of talking about how it would be really unsatisfying for, the ending of the show to basically be that um, Luz would stay in the human realm because it's like that's you know her her whole life is in the demon mm-hmm. realm basically at this point. Yeah. Um, and so it's it I, I'm I'm glad that those um the, those fears of them going for that ending were um pr- pretty unfounded because it's obviously that's not that's not the route they're going to be going which is mm-hmm. you know good. Yeah. And so. I think that would be really unsatisfying. No, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like with mm-hmm. Amphibia, it made sense as much as you had the whole um, found family thing. At the same time, it's like, yeah, but Anne has her family and her whole life back in uh, back 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 on Earth in California. Um, you know, and I think there it was more about the theme of uh, um, of ultimately moving on. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a very much a story about um, change and like kind of like um, maturity. And I think the Owl House is the same thing. Uh, I think the Owl House is more about finding your place. Um, f- you know, for the most part. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so we 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 return to the forest, and again, this is this is really where the. Um, the episode like starts really kicking the high gear and they're, they're searching for the Titan's blood and it comes very clear that they get to this, this, this area where the Titan's blood is in the swamp and uh, Hunter reveals himself to be fully possessed having found the Titan's blood and is now Bellows. And of course, um, uh, he uses a finder find find your phone feature um to track Luz down and they find Luz and that's when Bello spills about Luz helping her find a collector and she's like, No, I didn't mean to and that's when we get this incredible, incredible thirty second sequence of animation. Like it's it's not very long, but it oh my gosh, so amazing. Mm-hmm. It is Seriously, some of the best animation I've seen in a while. Um, you know, uh, the Bob's Burgers movie was the only other example of like uh, really good 2D animation because you just don't really see it. I mean, I think the Amphibia finale had some good stuff, but I don't feel like it ever got fully as fluid as this stuff did. Um, but yeah, this this incredible piece of fight animation, where who does the, who did the animation for? Is it still uh, 
But is it Rough Draft in Korea or who? Oh, oh for for this episode, uh, this episode was animated yeah. by Sugar Q, um, but the okay. um, sequence itself was animated by Tom Barkel, who uh, previously did um, losing Amity's first kiss in um, Clouds on the Horizon, um, and he I believe also did Eclipse Lake at uh, Hunter and Amity scene. So um, it seems like that every now and then we're going to get this incredibly animated uh, thing happen. At, mm -hmm. It's it's so incredibly smooth. Um, and uh, well, and of course, um, of course, uh, Bob's Burgers movie that was done by. Mercury. Yeah, it was actually done by 12 different studios, if you can believe it. Um, yeah, Mercury Filmworks and Bento Box were the primary. They did the primary um the percentage of the animation, but uh, there were eight other studios that contributed scenes. Um, I think like Tonic DNA was one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so so many other studios worked on that film. Um, uh, but anyways, um, uh, yeah, uh, th this this sequence is incredibly well animated, and uh, this. Uh, all winds up where uh, Elos captures Flapjack and horrifyingly crushes Flapjack. And it's this really, really somber scene. And uh, Luz convinces Hunter to fight Bellos. Hunter uh, finally regains control of his body, throws the Titan's blood into the water, and Bellos reaches in and grabs it, uh, but starts to drown. Camilla jumps in, gets Hunter, um, and like Bellos jumps out of Hunter's body, takes the Titan's blood, and like smashes it against this sort of this doorway, and uh, and then that creates a portal to the Boiling Isles, as far as we presume. Um, and uh, Hunter is essentially dead, it seems, and Flapjack sacrifices. Um, himself to um, save Hunter's life. One uh, and he is like, like, we should call an ambulance. Um, and Willow's like, but do they do they know about possession? And uh, loses like, or Grimwalkers? And everyone's like, Grimwalkers. Yeah. Except for again, Gus, and that's kind of like the hint that Gus already knows. Gus mm -hmm. it yeah. Out. Um, and Hunter comes back to life, of course. With the horrible sadness that Flapjack has died. And then we get this great scene where uh, Amity asks, hey, what did you mean? Was that a lie? And Luz is like, no, I, I did this, but I didn't mean to. It was, you know, this is what happened. And, you know, and that's why I'm not going back to the human realm, but Camilla, like, I mean, not going back to Demon Realm, but Camilla interrupts and says, you know, I'm going with you. And everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? And uh, Camilla. Oh my. Yeah. And Camilla's like, I know what you're up against. I, you know, I have to go back with you. You know, you're pretty much insinuating that it's like, this is, this is where you belong. And, and Hunter basically says, well, you were tricked by Bellows. And that's what he does. He he tricks people. It's not your fault, you know. And this is pretty much what everybody has been saying. And I'm glad the show finally goddamn said this, okay? So 
this is something that people have been constantly talking about. It's like, well, the second episode of the show says there's no chosen ones and that destiny isn't real. Then why is this entire like arc of this where it seems like Luz was destined to meet Bellos? And it's like, guys, you don't understand. That's not the point. The point is that Bellos is fucking with Luz and telling her that, but it's not true. The entire show right. is debating that. And Hunter says it pretty pretty succinctly. If it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else. This would have happened with or without you. Now we have to fix it. But because of you, we have a chance to fix it. Yeah. Thanks to you, we have a chance to fix it. Because if you weren't here, things might have gone very, very badly. And that's the perspective that Luz was not saying. And of course, Amity goes, you know, I couldn't, you know, I could never hate you. You know, I pretty much, you know, I'm with you all the way, you know, but no more hiding, which is like, yeah, seriously, Luz, knock, knock it off. Keeping secrets, it's fine. Yeah. She's like, are you kidding me? Luz. Yeah, you have a healthy relationship. <laughs> this, this girl is practically in love with you. Knock it off. Uh, and so they all go into the human realm, in, back into the demon realm. And I love Willow's sign off. She's like, Bye, we'll be back after revenge. <laughs> I love Willow so much. Yeah. She's so just, she, she, she's so silly. I, I love, love her. her. <laughs> I love Willow. Um, and then, uh, Camilla and uh, so V basically stays behind posing as Camilla. Uh, and uh, this great scene where Camilla had the car yeah, and and <laughs> well, then uh, we have again the the refrains of the closing theme play again. It's very sweet lullabyish sort of melody um, arrangement, and uh, Camilla says, you know, don't forget your hat. And by the way, if anybody's asking about where the palisman is. Uh, Luz's palisman is in her fainting pack on her costume. That was confirmed in the gallery nucleus panel. So the, the palisman is with her. <laughs> so that's good. Um, I think everyone's palisman with them, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and ex <laughs> except for Hunter. Well, Hunter did take his palisman. Yes, it's him. in him now. Flapjack is was inside us mm -hmm. all Yes. And uh, Camilla goes, a good witch always needs her hat, and she dons the hat, and it's very, very symbolic because this is Luz literally going into the demon realm in Good Witch Azura cosplay, which, of course, has been so foreshadowed throughout the entire series. Um, and uh, then they go in the demon realm, and guess uh, V has that last closer. Ah, shoot. Uh, Camilla forgot her car. Uh, Camilla took her car keys with her. <laughs> and then we get the credits, uh, which are which are adorable. And as you can see, my Discord avatar is V in the back of the movie theater, chilling. <laughs> when I was watching it live, I remember it was immediately like you know jarring position of the ending of this episode and then big city greens oh, yeah. <laughs> big city greens i'm like okay can i have a second to process <laughs> this please right exactly well just what it just happened 
Flapjack just died, and now you're just like, oh, but, uh, 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 farm shenanigans, yay. <laughs> but yeah, what one what a, what an amazing episode. It, it was tw- trending on Twitter when it came out, um, and it was trending on YouTube, too, when it came out. Um, it was number one trending on YouTube, and apparently that really Ooh. surprised like, Disney executives. Right now, I think it's at like 3.3 million views, which... It's not like uh, you'd be surprised, like how many views some other things on Disney Channel's YouTube get. Um, I feel like there's an episode of Raven's Home that's like 98 million views. <laughs> um, but still, oh. yeah. I, I have never heard a single person ever mention watching that watching that show, and yet it's th- th- 98 million Nostal- views. Who's watching nostalgia Raven's is a home? hell of a drug, man. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, great, great. Nothing against Raven or anything. Mm-hmm. She's very funny, but like, you know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's strange, like how what some of the things that get like so many views on. If you just if you peruse the uh, like the Disney Channel YouTube page and just go from most popular, like um, not a lot of Owl House is actually very high up there i think like the highest thing is the pilot for the owl house like has like eight million views i think um but there's like like just again it's like the youtube algorithm that's that's all there is to say i don't think it i don't think it's like a true measure very much it's just the youtube algorithm um but uh yeah but it's 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 really a stellar response and the thing is is that those are us only views so uh, the rest of the globe doesn't count on the views that they get, um, because they're unless they use a VPN. So what? I said unless they use a VPN. VPN. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um. Uh. But yeah. So <laughs> sponsored by NordVPN. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I really love the episode. Uh, the next episode is uh rumored. Uh, there's there's a site out there that um. Uh, tracks registrations and um currently the next two episodes which are tentatively titled for the future and um watching and dreaming which of course if you take the first word from each of the episodes would be thanks for watching um supposedly the next one we'll see comes out on january 21st 2023 and then the second one they're really doing the gravity falls thing on this one so pain uh this the final the series finale supposedly comes out on april 8th 2023 no, until april oh yeah exactly god. i swear to swear to god oh, if it loses yeah. palisman doesn't hatch and then the second special would be so mad yes we need to see loses palisman we need we need that if nothing mm-hmm. else <laughs> so like there's horse hoping that that's true and at least we get to see the second special shortly after the um top of the year we do know that confirmed official the next specials will not air until 2023 yeah that makes sense um but yeah so that's pretty much all i have to say about thanks to them yeah i i absolutely loved it i thought it was fantastic um they they did such a good job doing so much in the time that they Mm -hmm. had agreed uh and i also look forward to hopefully in the next episode seeing king and ida and collector and rain and lilith and hoot hoot and you know hootie i'm hoping hoping for more hootie um yes <laughs> i really oh, i'm yeah, so 
back here to um, talk about it. Yes, then. absolutely. Obviously, I'll have you back on then. Sure. Yes, let's do it. Um, game game. Oh yeah. And um, okay, Ryan, do you have anything you want to plug? Yes. So I have a podcast called Unbuilt and Unrealized theme park podcast um so you can catch my personal account is at open mother's mail uh on twitter and you can catch my podcast twitter account is at open pod uh and you can find my podcast which is about unbuilt attractions and themed entertainment uh we just wrapped up epcot month and Epcot Month is all Ooh. about unbuilt Epcot attractions. It's five episodes um, that we did weekly. There's like so many episodes you can make just about. Epcot, I know. So just about I was. It was never like a potpourri. We we talked about um, Project Gemini, which had um, a roller coaster that would replace inside Spaceship Earth. Um, we. Christ, that didn't happen oh my god like i think most of project gemini sounded so cool but like well you 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 the, did the coaster, you did get that coaster and we learned nothing this was before rocket rods mm -hmm. but like turning something that was never meant to be a thrill ride into a thrill ride is not a yeah. good idea well you did get that coaster the coasters uh the theme of the coaster was eventually morphed into cosmic rewind um so you eventually got it um which is which is, in my opinion, the best. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so um, we also talked about unbuilt world showcase countries, unbuilt f uh, variations on future world pavilions, like the, the original version of Wonders of Life and the original version of The Land. We talked about uh, unbuilt rides in world showcase, like the Matterhorn that was never built in world showcase and the Germany ride that was never built. Uh, and then we capped off the entire month with talking about Westcott, which was the West Coast version of Epcot. And those are five shows that are out now. Um, we do record bi-weekly. Um, so our next episode should be out in a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find that anywhere. You can listen to podcasts, um, Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, or whatever. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97, as well as this podcast at Ad Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm now available on iHeartRadio and Audible. Leave us a review, give us five stars, and share us with your friends. I've got a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, on my YouTube channel. I also visited a whole bunch of parks across the Midwest last summer, and I'm slowly working on getting those vlogs finished. The Holiday World video is finally out, so definitely go check that out. I'm working on getting the Cedar Point video edited, but I don't know how long that's going to take me. And I will definitely be making more videos about my more recent trips that I've taken, but I have to get through the backlog of old stuff I haven't edited yet first before I do those. Some of those parks are actually parks that I also visited last year, so... If you want to support me even more, be sure to check out my new and improved Patreon! That's right, I actually have a Patreon again. Patreon.com slash Starport97. Just a dollar a month gets you early access to new episodes of this podcast one day early and new videos at least one week early. Sometimes more if I haven't finished the next one quite on time. And be sure to join us next time when we go back to Brisbane, Australia to talk once again about Bluey, specifically season three, which just dropped on Disney Plus right here on the podcast without a collect.
blame our ancestors for banishing those guys. Yeesh.